Good morning. How are we doing? We're kind of in between seasons, aren't we? Anybody feel like we've missed autumn? It did on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I thought, where's autumn gone? So I'm kind of wearing gear that's in between. Has anybody else got gear that's in between? You don't know where you wear a coat, but you don't want to wear a t-shirt, so you wear a, I'm wearing a hoodie this morning, that's my excuse anyway. Hey, um, I'm excited for this uh, next few weeks. We are, you know, the beginning of the year, um, I brought a, a new name, as you know, I felt to give the church a new name. And with that, I brought some clarity for us as a church to do with the vision. And I came with five statements that make us as a church. Uh, if you weren't there, you can go online and listen, but I'll just recap them briefly. Um, and, you know, and these things aren't about just becoming us forming you into, you know, becoming breathe new life as a brand. This is about you as an individual becoming holistic. Does that make sense? So no matter where you are in life, this will benefit you, we believe. And I believe in these five things. Um, so the first one is being Jesus centered. And I'm going to speak on that this morning. The second one is being rooted in God. The third one is growing broad, your gift, your talent to use that. The fourth one was being together, so we're here to love one another. And the fifth one was far-reaching, to do with going out of this building, make sure we're looking out for people that are lost. Does that make sense? And the image that I've always had as a church was a big river, right? I saw a river flowing, and then next to the river were these trees, and they re- represented each one of us. The roots were going deeper, the trees were growing broad, and as I looked next to each other, all the trees were together. They were strong, but they were together and united, and then when I looked up, the trees just kept going and going and going and going as far as the eye could see. So that was the vision I had. This morning, I want to speak on living Jesus-centered, and some of the other guys are going to come in the following week and do the other ones. So this one is learning to live a Jesus-centered life. I don't know about you, but what I've realized is this. It's impossible for me to live a Jesus-centered life without Jesus. You can't do it on your own. You try in life to be a good person, do what's right, but you always make mistakes. You will never overcome without Jesus. You'll never be risen again with eternal life without Jesus. So when we're talking about this, What I'm talking about is understand, first of all, it's only done by the grace of God. We don't achieve this, we don't earn it, but we can be graced to live a Jesus-centered life so that we can give witness to him and give honor to him. So that's my heart in in this this morning. So, but when when I look at scripture, the key element of scripture, you might not agree with me, the world might not agree with me, but I believe scripture basically asks us to love people. Anybody not agree with that? I would agree that's what God wants us to do. We're called to love God and love people, love ourselves and love people. Amen? Even love our enemies, which, you know, was a challenge in the New Testament when Jesus preached it because they wanted to wipe out their enemies and revenge them for what they'd done. But Jesus says, no, we're now going to forgive them, which actually they tried to kill Jesus because that's not, they thought he was uh, coming against the Old Testament scripture. And I want to share a scripture this morning We're called to love people, but sometimes we struggle to love because I believe we don't grow in that love and we don't grow in the fruit of what God wants us to, uh, how he wants us to live. So I'm going to share a scripture from Isaiah 61. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Um, Verse 1, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year. 
Have I got that right? To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One, one of it says the, you know, the, the year of favor. Now Jesus reads this in the New Testament in the temple, stands up and says, what the Isaiah prophesied today is going to happen. And Jesus has come to say, this is the year. This is the year. They called it in the Old Testament, the year of Jubilee, where the captives or those in debt were set free. Jesus has turned up and said, this is not only the year of Jubilee, this is the year of Jubilees of Jubilees. You're going to get the abundance of God's release from your debt, and it's happening now. And Jesus began to preach it. But then he goes on, and he misses out this line, and the day of vengeance of our God. He omits it from there. And they all start to kick off because they want vengeance. But Jesus is saying, this is not the way anymore. Forgiveness is the way. Love is the way. There's a different way of living now. You're to forgive people. You're not to put people down. You're not to say, this is the new way. So he misses that line out, and then he goes on to say this. To comfort all who... Well, sorry, he doesn't say this. This is what Isaiah says. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Anybody want some beauty this morning? And the oil of joy for mourning. Anybody want some joy? Woo! He said up here about joy. How are those people joyful? How have they got little? But oh, they have joy. Joy. Anybody want joy? I want to speak on how we get into the flow of joy this morning. It says it's the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. They shall be called trees of righteousness for the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So if you want, can you picture the river this morning? Can you picture God planting you as oaks of righteousness in this world to stand up for his kingdom? That's what God's calling us to. But I want to speak on joy because the Bible in the New Testament says that we can be filled with love in the power of the Holy Spirit, but we can also be filled with joy. It says we can grow in joy, in the fruit of joy. And I want to talk about how we maintain this flow of joy. Because sometimes we can get joy as a believer. You might not be a believer. You can get joy as a believer, then all of a sudden... Your joy is just sapped out of you. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever felt like they're full of joy and full of, wow, and all of a sudden something happens and it's like, it's all gone. Or is it just me? So that tells me, first and foremost, that number one, I can get joy, but number two, I can also lose joy. And I want to speak about how we maintain the flow of God's spirit in our lives or the flow of joy in our lives. So are we ready? You know, Psalm 100 talks about how we enter God's presence. It says we enter with thanksgiving and we enter with, into his courts, the inner place, with praise. You see, joy brings praise. When we're full of joy, it overflows. It doesn't stay in. It isn't, oh, praise the Lord. No, 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 it's coming out. Woo, I want to sing to Jesus because joy, I'm so joyful. It says of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb, Mary comes along and Jesus is in the womb of, uh, of Mary. When they come closer, it said they leaped and joy was inside of them. And they began to praise God because joy was in, because Jesus was inside and John the Baptist was inside and the Spirit of God was doing something. When they came closer to Jesus, joy began to come out. Joy bubbles out and you begin to pray. You can't help but praise because joy is in your heart. It gets rid of the heaviness. Oh, it's hard work. 
It says in Psalm 100, what I've just read, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Oh my word. Church again. Church again. Come on, we're doing it again, mundane. No, spirit of praise instead of heaviness. There's no heaviness with joy because there's a release from the inside. The captive has been set free. So there's no heaviness with joy. Woo! Are you hearing it? It says, serve the Lord with gladness. But sometimes we're not serving with gladness because we lose our joy. We do it in our own strength. So it's no longer a joy, it's a chore. Three quick things for you to do if you want to be joyful. You ready? Be joyful. It's really, really deep in theology, this one is. Be joyful. Don't think about it too much. Be joyful. You have a choice. Second one, be positive. I know you can find five things that are wrong with yourself, but find one thing that's good about yourself. I know you can see the things that people are doing, but find the good thing in them. I'm not saying we don't live in the reality of life when we recognize our own mess and sin, but what I'm saying is you've got to have a spirit that's positive within that. Be joyful, be positive, and the third thing, be encouraging. But we're not always that, are we? Let's be honest. Because things stop the flow of the spirit. Things take the life from us. We want to love, but we struggle. Or we want to have joy, but it seems to be robbed. The flow of the river gets blocked. And it becomes hard work. But you're not called to live in that life. You're called to live in the new life. And God wants the river to flow. He wants it to flow in you. He wants to flow through you. He wants to flow out of you. He wants to flow in your workplace. He wants to flow in your family. But it does stop unless we continue to maintain the flow of the river. So I'm going to give you four things on how to maintain the flow of the river. You ready? You want to be joyful. Sometimes we struggle to be joyful because we've got stuff going on in our lives. We're in pain. We're suffering. We're disappointed. We've been let down. We've all had it. So it starts to stop the flow. Are you hearing this? So I'm going to give you lesson number one on how to maintain the flow of joy in your life. How to keep this river of love going, the river of joy, the river of peace, you know, the river of patience, you know, the one that really doesn't want to come out of you, but it's coming out of you. The gentleness, all of those fruits of the Spirit is how to maintain it. Number one, learn to be content. I don't know about you, but I always find I've got something, then I want something else. Is it just me? I mean, I'm a Stoke City fan, so at the moment, I want something else. Okay? I really do. Yesterday, we got something we wanted. It's about time. I've waited. The, river, the river's drawing something out of me like, I don't know. But, you know, but have you noticed? Well, I remember when we had the girls, we had Grace, and it was like, I can't wait till she's, I can't wait till she's crawling. And you're like, I wish you'd flipping sit still. I can't wait till she's standing. I wish she was crawling. I wish she was talking. Will she shut up? I'm fed up with this. Nanny, 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 nanny. Nanny. Mum. It's always mum first, isn't it? I get an extra month off. Mum, mum, mum. And then for the next 10 years, mum, 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 mum. I'm like, it's not shouting me. But have you found that? 
You know, it's like you weren't happy when you were little and you weren't happy when they weren't speaking. Now they're walking, you're not happy. And then you're doing this and you're doing that and you want the next best thing. And it's like, no, why can't you just be happy with today? Why do you need the next thing? Then the next fix, then the next thing. We're our own worst culprits, especially Christmas time. Christmas time's like the low, is after Christmas. Who books a holiday after Christmas? Oh, in this season I'm in, I'm in a bad season. This is a pickup for me, make me feel better. I'm not saying we don't do things in life, but you have to question yourself. Is it these things that are making you content, or is it Jesus that's make, making you content? You know, oh, one day I'll get that, or it's, it was better in the good old days. Well, what about today? What about today? Chris Hodges says this, It is not wise to compare the miserable part of our lives with everyone else's highlight reel. I mean, come on. Look at Instagram. Oh, my life. I haven't got a smile like them. I haven't got a hoodie like pasty. He's all right for him. He's got Converse. I haven't got whatever I've got. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got a tick on your top or not. It doesn't matter. Or a crocodile or a frog or a rabbit. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want on your top. It's not wise to compare the miserable part of your life, Chris Hodges says, to the highlight reel. You know, Jesus was tempted in the same thing. Jesus was tempted back then with a highlight reel. The devil came to him and said, Luke, all of this you can have. Check my highlight reel out. Jesus is looking at his life and thinking, yeah, look where I'm going, the cross. Look where I'm going, the cross. I can have all these riches. I can have this next thing. Look at this. Look at that I can have. I can have all of this kingdom. Jesus says, no, look what I'm looking to. Look at the joy set before me. That I will endure this because there's no greater joy than for me to save souls. That's what it's about. We'll come on to that in a minute. Philippians 4.12 says this, Paul. I know what it is to be in need. Like Faith was saying this morning, people in need. I know what it is to be in plenty. And he says this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. You want to be happy. You want the joy. You want it to keep flowing. Here's the decision for you to make. Decide today to enjoy the season that you are in and the portion you've been given. Today I choose. This is my lot. I will be happy. It says in Psalm 118 verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. Yes, I don't like my situation, my circumstances, but my praise isn't coming from this. My praise is coming from him and I delight myself in him daily. Learn to be content. Enjoy your season you're in and your portion. Make a decision today. Second one is this. Cherish the source. You know, I go on about the river and we can get excited about the river. We can get excited about joy. We can get excited about the presence of God. We can get excited about what God's doing in your life. But the most important thing is this. Go back to the source. You know, I said earlier, joy leaks. It, it, it comes out of you. It's Somebody can look at you in a certain way. And it's like, oh, no. Well, is it just me? Or somebody says something to you and it's like, oh, comes out of you. That's why it's important to go back to the source. Galatians 5 verse 22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See, the fruit of the Spirit is 
joy. Luke 10 verse 21 says, At the time, this is Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, said, here you go, what does joy lead to? I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because, and he goes on. Acts 13 verse 52 says this, And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Where does joy come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from an intimate relationship. Only he can give you the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to fill you with all joy this morning. Joy comes from the person, the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Father. It comes through Jesus. It comes through the Holy Spirit here on earth that we can be filled with joy in and through all things, no matter of situations and circumstances. Joy can be steadfast in your life because it comes from him and him alone. So be content. Cherish the source. You know, when it says in Acts, the beginning of Acts, they were filled with the Spirit. It says they, they appeared that they were drunk. What does it look like when you're drunk? <laughs> Don't go on that, yeah? There's some stories in here, I know. We've all had stories. When you're drunk, you can't stand up. Yeah? Was that just me? A sniff of alcohol nowadays with me, I'm on my back. Right? I'm not a drinker anymore. I used to drink in, in, in a way that wasn't good. But what I'm saying is, when you're drunk, you, you can't stand up. And you start to laugh a little bit. You have some fun. Was it just me? Oh, everyone's serious in here, or what? You're serious. We need, we need to get some people drunk in here. We need to get, I mean, we need to change this Vimto to flipping wine. No, I'm only kidding. We're not going to do that. What I'm saying is this, the spirit, when the spirit came on him in Acts, it says they were appeared drunk. They were laughing. There was such joy flowing out of them. Oh, serious, man. I'm in church. I'm in control of this. On oh, the spirit touching my life, I'm in control of my life. No, the spirit brings joy. Jesus was full of joy. It brought praise out of him. I mean, he's full of joy. He went to the cross. I mean, what idiot goes and crucifies themselves? There must have been something deep down that driven him to do that. It was the joy of saving you. He's laughing all the way. Woo! Devil thinks he's got me. Guess what? He ain't got me. Because the joy inside me is my strength. And I'm persevering. I'm giving my life. Was it easy? No. I don't want to, you know, minimize what Jesus went through. But what I'm saying is this. You get drunk in the spirit, you'll have some laughter. You'll have some joy that comes out. Unless you want to believe that you were baptized in the Holy Spirit at the first, and that's what happens, but you don't want to be filled with the Spirit. Different. Acts 13 says they were filled with the Spirit. Oh, they, were, they, they received the Holy Spirit in Acts at the beginning. Yeah, but when they went through difficulty, they were filled with the Spirit again. They were filled with the Spirit again. Well, I was saved 20 years ago, and I still remember when God saved me. Well, I need to save you again. There needs to be a joy. There needs to be a delight. In, because when you go to work, if it's all about problems and negativity, and you need to be joyful, you need to be positive, you need to be encouraging, and you can't because there's no strength, because there's no joy. And I know it's not easy. I know we've all got a drink problem. Is that just me? You see... Ephesians 5 verse 18 says this, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we've all got an issue with getting drunk. Paul knows it. We've all got a pain issue. 
It might not be getting drunk on wine, but it might be getting drunk till three in the morning watching movies because that satisfies your pain. Or it might be flick, 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 flick because you can't stand still. Or it might be I'll go to the gym every day of the week because I can't stop. You see what I'm saying? There's no contentment in that. There's no joy in that. That has you. We've all got a pain problem. Is it just me? So we've all got a drunk problem. Sorry. Would you agree? Or are you all perfect and you've got no problems, no pain? So the answer is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be drunk in the Spirit. We've all got a drink problem. We need to drink of something that's not of this world. Come on, this is good. Unless you don't want to get drunk in the Spirit. You know, there are churches that have died off because the Spirit has been stopped. I'm sorry, I'm a spirit man. I'll preach to you. I know what it is to get drunk in the spirit. I know what it is to laugh uncontrollably on the floor. And you think, oh, that's a bit strange. Yeah, but the release that it brought to me, I've never been the same again. And it's not a one-off experience. You can go and spend time with Jesus and get drunk in the spirit again. I've, I've had such pain and problems. I've gone to Jesus and all of a sudden, 10 minutes in, I'm just sitting quiet. All of a sudden, I begin to laugh. And I'm like, it's not a big problem, is it, Gigi? Oh, no, I got it all wrong. I'll just be honest. That's what it's like. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. You can be drunk in the Spirit. Now, the fruit of that Spirit is love. Not weirdness, love. Okay? So that's the motivation that God wants to fill you, release you from your mourning, the oil of joy instead of mourning, he says. But you've got to receive the oil of joy. You've got to let it flow into your life. It's got to release the captivity, the things that have got you in this world. It's got to break the power of darkness in your life so it comes and heals you in your spirit. So the third thing is this. Are you still with me? It's vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. One version says he has joy. It's a joy. You see, when we're in our pain or our difficulties, I don't know about you, but my world shrinks. And I can't see any hope out of it. I'm just so discontent because of what's gone on. It didn't live up to my expectations. My vision is down here on the floor. I'm trying to struggle to, from the pain and the loss of losing a loved one or something happened to me. And my vision is struggling. It's down here. That can happen to all of us. It can stop the flow of life and joy and serving the Lord with gladness. I don't even want to serve the Lord anymore because of what's gone on and I didn't expect that to go on and I didn't like that. Well, come back to Jesus again and let him love you. Forgive those people, forgive one another and let the flow come again as you submit to Jesus. See, your vision goes down. I love this, Psalm 126. It says this, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, it's the year of the Lord's favour, guys. I like that version earlier. It said, it's the, Lord of, it, the year of acceptance. Who struggles with acceptance? Who knows that God accepts you through faith in Jesus Christ? May this year, let me prophesy, may this year be your year of acceptance where you discover that you are a daughter, a child, whatever you are of God, that you are accepted by God through his promise, not through what you do. Stop trying to do it on your own and wearing yourself out and burning yourself out. It's by faith and faith alone, trusting in the word of God. Accept it. Accept it by faith. Where there's doubt, today's going to be your chance to repent and say, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm sorry, God, I'm getting back in the river. I want the flow to come. It's the year of the Lord's acceptance. 
The Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Oh, I don't know about you. Some fortunes coming away. Some joy starts to come away. We were like those who dreamed. The word here for dreamed means healthy. So when the Lord restores, I, became, I am healthy again. I began to get fresh vision. I began to see when the problems were all over me. You know, they were too bigger for me. Now I've got revelation of who God is and I understand the fortunes and the blessing of God in my life. I'm beginning to see differently now. Oh, that problem over there, it's not as big anymore because God's bigger. This, this difficult person over here, oh, the love of God has filled my heart so I can unconditionally love them again. You see what I'm saying? It restored the, they dreamed, it says, our mouths, here we go, were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. You know, God has done great things for us. He laid his life down. We should be singing and dancing. You should be going to work on a Monday like, the Lord has resurrected me. Woo! The Lord has resurrected me to go into this place. He sent me on a mission. I don't know why I'm doing this. Right? Here's a point, right? Jesus centered people this. Jesus centered people or Jesus sent people. They're sent. They're not gatherers. Yes, we gather, but we're sent on a mission, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and take the fruit of what he's given us into our wherever we go. But Jesus sent people. What's your vision? What's your dream? What are you dreaming about? Because what you're dreaming about will give you joy. What's your passion? Because your passion gives you vision, gives you energy. It gets you up in the morning. Luke 15 verse 7 says this. In the same way, there is more joy. You want, do you want joy or do you want more joy? Who wants joy? I mean, you've got to be pretty daft not to have joy, right? Anybody want joy? Anybody want more joy? You can have joy or you can have more joy. What do you want? You said it. You want more joy. Here's the answer to more joy. Are you ready? In the same way there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So if you want, you want joy, get on, get on board with heaven's vision. Because heaven's vision wants people saved. That's his vision. That's the Father's vision. He come that none should perish. You want to get on board with heaven's joy? You want to feel the joy of heaven? When one person gets saved, you'll know what heaven's rejoicing about. But if you've lost your vision for people to get saved, you won't understand the joy of heaven. It just becomes like a chore. I'm going to tell people, got to bring people, got to do this. Tell the pastor's telling me to do it. Because then I feel guilty because I feel bad. No, there's a joy because there's a vision from heaven. There's a vision from heaven that the Father sees and says, I don't want any to perish. This is why this is paramount church, that your witness testifies of the goodness of God. Your love and your joy and the spirit in you wants to grow you, wants to bear fruit in and through you. You want joy? Get a renewed passion for souls. That's Jesus-centered church. You know, two people made a decision last week. I've got to be honest, I didn't care about everything else. I did, in my heart, because it's all good and it's all nice. But when two people make a decision, yeah. oh boy, was I energized this week. I'm back to life again. Why? Because I'm getting on board with heaven's vision. 
And it's not me that did it. I don't even know it's happening. Other people are doing it. How blessed must they feel getting on board and being a part of it? You too can be a part of that and be involved wherever you go, looking out for people, praying for people. Pray for the lost. Lord, I'm praying for my neighbor. I know they're a pain, but I'm praying for them. I want fresh vision from heaven, God, that something inside of me begins to rise up because I'm getting on board with your vision. And I know you've got other visions and other passions. That's good. But I think paramount, our first port of call, is to be commissioned to go out for Jesus. So you're still with me? Vision is key. See, where you lack vision, the flow will stop. Joy will stop. The river won't be flowing because there's no vision. You just want to give up. Why bother? But when you have vision, you'll go anywhere. You'll see it. And the last one is this. Love righteousness. And in brackets, hate wickedness. You know, it says of Jesus... It says of Jesus in Hebrews 1 verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions. Are you ready? By anointing you with the oil of joy. You want the oil of joy? It's going to come through righteousness. Are you telling me to do right? Yes, I'm telling you to do right. First and foremost, you must remember this. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. I am not made righteous by what I do. I'm made right, right by faith in Jesus that Jesus makes me right. That is what sets me free from my sin and breaks the chain of sin off my life. Nothing else. Jesus is the righteousness of God. When we put our faith in Jesus, we get set free. However, to maintain the flow of the joy, I've got to live righteous. And yes, I'll get it wrong, but the Bible says this, God, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us. Yes, I'll get it wrong tomorrow. Yes, I'll upset somebody. And I might lose a bit of peace and not be happy. But if I go back to Father and say, do you know what? I got that wrong. Wow, my peace my joy, next time I'll learn the lesson from this one, I'll try and do what's right. God is very gracious. Where did Jesus' oil come from? Because he loved, loved righteousness. This week you have a choice to do what's right. I think we get so familiar with where we're at. Just talking to somebody this morning in their workplace and the, the culture within that workplace that has been established and he's going in and making some change. And for those people before, that was just familiar and normal. But when you go in and you understand righteousness and you think, this isn't right. It's not right. We get familiar. We gossip. We talk about people behind their back. We moan about them. And you think, well, that's normal culture. Yes, it is, but it's not God's culture. And you're called to repent from that behavior, not to put people down, not to discourage, not to be discontent anymore, but to go back to the source and be content in Him. And I know that might challenge you. It says of David, who was anointed to be king, called by God. He became king. He should have been off at war, fighting on the front line, but he stayed at home. You know, his mission was to 
like every one of me, me and you, we're to be in a spiritual war where we're to be out there looking and saving souls. Sometimes we forget that and therefore we stay at home and we get discontent because nothing's happening in our lives. God's giving you a mission field. And what happens with David is this, he's got other options in his life now because he's, he's lost track of the vision. So what does he do? He sees a nice lady over yonder and he goes with her and then he makes sure that a husband is killed he's sinful he does wrong but you know the wonderful thing about David is this in Psalm 51 it says this let me hear joy and gladness let the bones you have crushed rejoice you see it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter where you've been and we've all got a history we have a choice to come back to God. Not to sin anymore. Acknowledge our sin and think differently now and go in a different direction. I was against the river, now I'm for the river. And I'm getting in the flow. God, may I hear your rejoicing again. And then he says in verse 12, actually I'll read the NLT, it says this, Oh, give me back my joy again, you have broken me, now let me rejoice Verse 11 to 12 says this, Do not cast your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit that I would be willing to go. I would be willing to serve. I, it would be a joy and a gladness to do whatever you want me to do, Lord, because I've been filled with your Spirit again. Don't cast your Spirit from me, but fill me with your Spirit, that I would be willing to go and to be all that you're calling me to be, the body of Christ here on earth. But we make it about us. We make it about my pain, my disappointments. I'm going to show you a picture This is a church in a place called Rodney. Anybody know where Rodney is? Anybody from Rodney? No, because there's nobody who lives in Rodney. And the reason no one lives in Rodney is because about 150 years ago, this used to be a thriving town that was about to become a city within this area. One of the major cities. It was full of people, about 4,000 people back in the 19th, early 19th century. But today, no one lives there. The place is completely abandoned. This building, nobody's been in it for years. And the reason is because of this. The Mississippi River flowed right, be, right next to this town. But what happened was this. There became a lot of debris from upriver that began to block the river. Discontent may be in our lives. Lack of vision may be in our lives. Lack of joy, pain, or even sin. Secret sins that we have. Debris began to block the river. And the river took a different path. And people began to move out of the city because there was no river. You know, I don't know about you, but I look around cities and I see old buildings like this. But I'm sure when these people started with these buildings, they had vision. I'm sure they had life and joy in them. But something went wrong along the way. Like each of us, 
we can know what the river and where it's going. The river doesn't change. It's us that changes. And I want to encourage you to be a Jesus-centered person, to keep in the river, keep in the source, cherish Jesus like never before. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you need some contentment in your soul. I just want us to just take a minute and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe and speak, speak into your heart, speak into your soul, your mind. Maybe you want some contentment. Maybe today you need to say, do you know what? I'm going to be thankful for what I have today. I'm going to be thankful for my season. I'm sorry that I've been complaining. I'm sorry that I've not been happy. Today's your day to find contentment. Or maybe you need to dream again. Maybe you've lost some vision. You're focused down and maybe focused on pain. Maybe today's your day where you say, do you know what, God? Renew vision in me, please. That I would have a passion and a fire in my heart like you did when you went to the cross. Or maybe, maybe you just need some joy. Maybe you need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit this morning and allow God to minister to you. I don't know where you're at, but I do know one thing, that Jesus is constant, that he doesn't change. His joy for you is the same today, yesterday, tomorrow, and he just wants to you know, affirm that love and that joy in your heart and remind you that you are a child of God. You are loved by God. This is the year, I believe for some of you, that you're going to understand his acceptance for you. Come on, let's stand. I'm going to pray.